As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to Prospects and Pros on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Dane Brugler, joined as always by Lance Zerline. This is going to be an offensive line heavy episode. Excited to welcome in Brandon Thorne, one of the more trusted voices out there when it comes to offensive line evaluation. And I mean, really, between Brandon and Lance, uh, if you enjoy offensive line talk, this episode is tailor-made for you. Uh, Brandon, I, I wanted to I want to start with this draft class. You know, you're you're watched a few dozen of these guys. You've uh, been able to write up your reports. I'm curious. So far, who has been your favorite offensive lineman in this uh, this draft class to evaluate? Not necessarily the best or the most talented, but just your favorite uh, guy to watch so far. Probably Landon Dickerson from Alabama. Um, yeah, and I mean. You know, I think just his ability to like impose his will as often as he does, you know, especially against SEC competition, uh, just something that I don't feel like I've seen very often. I mean, I haven't, you know, done a ton of draft work over the years, more so focused on the pro game, but I've done a few draft classes, uh, at least a good chunk of them. And, you know, I just feel like his ability to do that consistently is is pretty special. Um, so, you know, that, that just makes it a lot of fun to watch on tape and just kind of his demeanor, the way he carries himself, uh, kind of reminds me of Ryan Jensen uh, in that regard. Um, so yeah, I just think he's a little bit bigger, you know, and, and maybe stronger as well. Um, so that's kind of who he reminds me of, at least, uh, in terms of playing style and, you know, then anytime you're watching an Alabama offensive lineman, I think it's great because you get to see him execute pretty much every block that you want to see an offensive lineman you know, execute, uh, zone, man stuff, gap, uh, concepts, all that stuff. Uh, so you got to see him do everything as well. And, uh, you know, like I said, against really good competition in multiple positions as well. Uh, so he, he checked a lot of boxes, um, that I look for that I think could translate pretty well. Um, it's just obviously the, the, the medical stuff is, a uh, another story. And for a guy that's six, six to place, to play center. I mean, is that, that's obviously not common. Um, is that something that you think could be an issue for him at the next level? Or do you think this guy 
uh, you know, he, he uses it to his advantage. I think he uses it pretty well. You know, I, I've seen a lot of really good mobility from him on tape. His, you know, just his ability to bend, you know, in his lower half and to establish some good leverage on a varying size of opponent. You know, I mean, I saw quite a bit of that. So I, I think that he can certainly do it. Um, there's there's some bigger centers out there as well in the NFL. A name that just came to mind, like Brandon Linder. You know, he's been playing pretty pretty well for the Jaguars the last couple of years. He's bigger, I think, you know, 6'5 or so, uh, maybe 6'6. But, you know, there, there's always a few of those guys in the league, I think, that can that can do it. Um, I do think that Landon could probably do it, and I also think he could play guard. Um, you know, we saw it a little bit against Tennessee this year. Um, so, and I think he has in the past as well. But, yeah, so I, I think he has that positional versatility as well to, to offer a team. Yeah, I mean, he's center guard, and I, I think you can't just diminish the ability to play guard. I think there's a chance that he could end, end up as a guard for a team, depending on what the center position looks like. And obviously, the injury stuff is going to be a big deal. I do think that's an intriguing – it used to be when you saw somebody was six six, you'd say, well, they can't play inside. But that's really not the case anymore. There's lots of guys who are six five is no big deal. But there are guys six six and even six seven who are talked about at guard, and I just think, you know, and some of the guys aren't even great benders. I just think there's just a uh, a belief that if you can't handle tackle, but we know, you know, because of the quickness thing, but we know you have some tackle skills, we will put you a former tackle at guard because being able to protect the interior with hand placement and, you know, body control and pass pro is so important with – with all the sub package rushers that we see today, that tackle down to guard um, um, shift is just so critical. And a lot of the tackles are going to be six, five and taller. So that's why I think we're going to see more and more tall guards is that so many of them are going to be tackles because you have to be able to protect inside now more than ever. For sure. Yeah. I think that's a good point. I, I really think the last few years that I've been watching NFL film closely, I think probably the deepest position now I don't watch every position you know very extensively but I have a pretty good idea of most of the positions and the talent there I think three technique and interior defensive line might be the deepest in the NFL just in terms of sheer talent so I I totally agree with what you're saying because yeah I mean just right now every time every week you're going to face at least one stud on the interior defensive line if not a couple so yeah you have to have good good pass protection uh, on those interior three positions, I think, especially in today's league. Yeah. I'm really interested to get your opinion about this tackle tackle class. Uh, it, it, there's, I mean, last year we had what five in the top 20 this year. I don't know that it's necessarily as top heavy, um, but it seems to stretch first round, second round, third round. It just seems like a very, very strong group of offensive tackles. Uh, you know, I, put out my top 12 on the athletic and I think all 12 you can make a case for being uh, top 100 picks uh, did you see it similar and just in terms of uh, overall depth uh, at least in the first uh, three rounds at the tackle position so far I'm I think I'm with you Dane uh, yeah I mean I've I've graded 10 tackles so far so not not you know a ton but I think you know I'm starting off with more of the bigger names as well and yeah, I mean, I think you can make a strong case, and I have all of them graded in there as well, uh, at least in the first three rounds. So, yeah, I think it's a, a pretty deep 
tackle class this year um, and a lot of intriguing guys that have some positional versatility as well, like we talked about, who, you know, some guy, I think there's a few of them that, you know, I think you have some of them guarded or graded as a guard. And mm-hmm. I think a few of these guys, you know, can play guard as well or might need to play guard. So it's an intri- intriguing, you know, group of names um, that, you know, I think maybe half of those guys I've graded, you know, could definitely pro- probably play guard or might need to. One of the guys, you know, sticking on the tackle stuff, it, it is it, it's interesting because I'll try to keep this as focused as I can. I'm, I'm looking at all the names. The guy that is most compelling to me, outside of Slater and, and Panay Sewell, to me, are in a different level. But Christian Derisaw is, I think, a challenging one because there are times where he just looks like he's got low energy out on the field. Like You don't see him finish blocks. You don't see... You know, you don't see him play with this this energy that you want to see. But from a talent standpoint, I mean, I think he I think he might be as talented as any of the tackles in the entire draft. From in terms of what he brings to the table, his his athleticism. Um, he's not the biggest. I don't think he's going to be the biggest tackle. But from a from a size and length standpoint, but I really like what I see from him on tape in terms of what he's capable of doing. I'm kind of curious how you ended up with Derisaw like what's your what's your overall take on how he'll fare in the NFL yeah so I I think that summary you just gave is you know kind of a general picture of kind of the one I painted in my report um you know I yeah when it when it clicks for him and when he's you know playing at a high level it looks as good as any tackle in this class I think he you know the, the the initial quickness that he's able to have you know with his frame and his build um, is pretty impressive. I think he's really comfortable on an island as well in pass protection, just, you know, with the patience and the confidence that he's able to have to not bite on stuff um, and to, you know, stay centered and, you know, play with good weight distribution, I think is really impressive. Um, and, you know, he has a really powerful punch. Uh, and, you know, I, I think he could do a lot in the run game as well. I mean, we saw a lot of zone stuff that was really impressive on tape, backside cutoffs, climbing to the second, third level. So I think he could like do everything that you would want, but that was a big concern for me is playing down to competition and getting lackadaisical, um, you know, which is basically what you said. So, you know, that, that Liberty tape was pretty concerning to me uh, in, you know, those 235 pound defensive ends that were, you know, getting into his chest and standing him up as much as they did. You know, you don't want to really see that. Um, and then in every tape I watched, there was, you know, three, probably two or three reps a game where it just looked sloppy and lazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that certainly is a concern. And that for me is big enough concern to where I kind of bumped him. I still have a first round grade on him. And I think, you know, he, the talent is undeniable, but I, I kind of like, a few, you know, obviously Sewell, I like more Slater and I, I like Jenkins a little bit more as well, which, you know, we might talk about, but, um, I think just purely from that talent perspective, he he shows things on tape to where, to me, he kind of reminds me of Deion Dawkins a little bit. Um, that was kind of a name that that kept popping up for me, um, which you know I, I could see him winning in, in in a similar fashion. But you know, competitive toughness. I think when you question that for an offensive lineman, it you know it, it just kind of rubs you the wrong way. And I and I don't want to you know, question his actual, you know, toughness, um, just as like a person or anything, because I I know he played the majority of his true freshman year on a bum ankle 
that he hurt in week two that season. And then he had surgery in the off season, you know, missed the spring. So like, you know, he plays hurt um, and, and he could still play at a pretty high level doing it. So that's, you know, that kind of moves me in the other direction. But still on tape, you know, that lackadaisical nature of his, I, you know, maybe it won't matter as a pro. But to me, you know, I think that's probably the, the only real concern I have with him because he pretty much showed everything else. You never want to read the word coasting in a report on an offensive lineman, but that's, you know, that he seems like he, a lot of times he's a 90% player uh, or he's just not finishing plays. And um, that's, uh, like you said, that's a concern. But when that's, you know, uh, really one of the only main concerns, it makes him an intriguing player because there's so much uh, in the pros category. Uh, you mentioned Tevin Jenkins. Let, let's uh, let's touch on him real quick. Uh, you know, I, I I know some teams view him as a guard because he doesn't have the ideal length, um, and he's so uniquely powerful, uh, and he also has light feet, so he's just a really interesting player. Uh, I mean, do you see him as as a tackle, a guy that could play uh, maybe left tackle or right tackle? Um, I mean, I I do. You know, just based on the the tape that I watched of him, I I definitely saw a guy who could stick at tackle I liked him at right I watched uh I think it was the Tulsa game where he started at left uh and then had to move over to right because of injury but uh so I saw him a little there and he he looked you know pretty solid but I I think just with the the amount of experience that he has at right and how he looked there I think that's probably where I would want to try him out but then you know it's it's interesting because I right after I put out my initial tackle rankings with Bleacher Report I saw yours and the uh, arm length thing you know, if they're under 33, I, I would assume that he's probably going to just play guard. Um, I, I don't know if there's really any tackle I can think of playing at a relatively high level in the NFL under 33-inch arms. So not that there can't be, a you know, an anomaly, but, um, you know, I, I would still like him a lot at guard uh, just because of some of those traits you touched on, uh, you know, just that unique type of power he's able to create. Um, you know, at the point of attack and just, you know, driving guys around and just his grip strength is phenomenal, I think. And I think he's really good with his hands, too. I saw a lot of different <laughs> techniques as a pass protector, especially, uh, you know, unlocking guys' wrists and you know, using a snatch to knock them <laughs> down and independent hands and, um, you know, just all kinds of different stuff that he's doing to create leverage as a pass protector. So that, to me, translates really well inside Um, and I thought that I saw, you know, when I was watching him from 19 to 20, I thought he got, you know, there was significant improvement there, uh, in his technique. Um, so that, that was, you know, an encouraging thing to see, uh, you know, that Texas game is really interesting because the last play of the game, he gave up that sack to Osai, who was in a wide nine alignment and Jenkins just couldn't get there. Um, so I think that range, you know, is probably a little concerning for tackle. That's probably the only, you know, really concern I have there. You know, a lot of tackles are playing in the NFL with that range where if there's a, you know, quality speed rusher flying off the edge in a wide nine, a lot of starting tackles in the NFL won't be able to get there if they're on an island. So that can be mitigated to an extent. But, you know, if we're looking closely at him, I think that's one thing that you're kind of concerned with. Um, and, you know, some of his angles and aiming points climbing to the second level, I think, can be improved upon because he can lean a little bit in space and, you know, not be not line up his target as well as he probably should. But, um, you know, I, you know, those are probably the, the main weaknesses for me. He was also only the 
the the only uh, full time returning starter on the offensive line in 2020. So he's playing with four new guys. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, he he kind of reminded me of Jedrick Wills a little bit. Uh, maybe not quite as athletic, um, but just that that ability to play so powerfully um, was reminiscent to me. And yeah, I mean, I think most of his weaknesses are you know correctable, and um, I think he's an immediate starter i, I have him as an immediate impact yeah starter, so. you know i so i always point to the two things that are most important to me are, are uh three i guess they're kind of three their core strength body control which kind of goes hand in hand and then grip strength and you mentioned those like i remember really liking um uh cody whitehair when he came out for those very things and i just thought man this guy is hard to rock off of his, you know, off of his spot because he's just so strong and built. And it's like, I, I consider it like refrigerator. In my mind, I think of refrigerators, right? You hit a refrigerator in the middle, it's hard. You hit it on the edge, it's just as hard. And some of these guys, like Wyatt Davis is a little more narrow with his power base, but then you have Jedrick Wills was wider with his power base. Quentin Nelson is a great example, probably the best example of a wide of a player who plays wide, but I think that, uh, you know, it's like a, a guy who's built out of a block. That's, that's what, that's what Tevin Jenkins, uh, reminds me of as well. He's, he's got great strength in a wide, he's, he's got a great wide base of strength. That's hard to get around. And when I look at this, like Jalen Mayfield is the opposite. That's my problem with Jalen Mayfield is I don't think he plays wide. Like he doesn't feel like a guy that can protect his edges. If you get on him you're going to collapse his arms. He's not going to be able to extend and press you out. And that's one of my big problems I have with Mayfield. Sometimes I have a problem with that with Sam Cosme. Like that's something to me that if you're going to be a top tier tackle, it's non-negotiable. Vera Tucker can do it. Darisai see do it. Panay Sewell right now is kind of different because he's not great with his strength on the edge, but he hasn't played a whole lot you know, relative to some of the other guys. And he's a freak show athletically. We know the expectations are he's going to do it. But, you know, Dane, in talking about the offensive line position, and I know all three of us really study it maybe a little closer than some others, I just, if you can't get people off of your edges, you will just get bullied. Um, you know, but they'll see it quickly and, and teams will attack you. And that's this is where I struggle with Jalen Mayfield. I know a lot of people are high on Jalen Mayfield. I just can't get there with them because I just don't see that functional edge edge strength that I really want. And Brandon, I know you uh, you've done Mayfield, uh, and I know you weren't you weren't blown away with him either. Um, and you know, I have my concerns as well. Uh, that's why I, I I graded him as a guard uh, personally. Um, yeah, I, I had some some struggles with him outside of tackle, even though I, I think he could hold up there. Um, but, but Brandon, I, I know you, uh, you had some issues with, uh, with Mayfield as well. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I'm, I'm with you guys. Uh, you know, I, I kept him at, you know, tackle, but I, you know, he's one of those guys who you know, might you know be able to play inside. I, I'm not really sure. You know, he doesn't turn 21 until May. So that's kind of a redeeming part of, of his evaluation. I think he's still really young, but you know, only 15 career starts, you know, that, it's kind of that, you know, double-edged sword there. Um, you know, it's like positive and negative there. So it's, it's kind of hard to really to, to put, place a great value on that. Um, but, you know, I think he has some overwhelming ability to generate power, you know, at the point of attack in the run game. Like I saw some kick out and down blocks where he's just blowing guys up. Um, and 
saw a little, nice little gallop technique that he has on double teams. Uh, you know, I think he does a really nice job of locating the hip, you know, on the three technique and, and knocking guys over. So I think like in the run game, you know, he could do a, a couple things. The angle uh, blocks. Yeah, he's good with the angle blocks. Yeah, 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 that, yeah definitely. Um, and, you know, in pass protection, when he's uncovered, I mean, he's going to thump guys and really cave them in. He plays with a really good demeanor. You know, competitive toughness with him, I think, is impressive. But, man, technically, I thought that he was, you know, a ways away from somebody you want to put out there as a starter, you know, in year one, for sure. I mean, I thought his footwork uh, was was kind of a mess, um, you know, and just not a whole lot of range in pass protection. I thought he consistently was either over or under setting guys, um, turning his hips way too early and creating that soft inside shoulder. I mean, and he plays high as well. I mean, he got blown up in that Notre Dame game several times. Uh, Wisconsin as well, you know. I um, I know he he battled. Um, I think in the was it the Ohio State game, but even that game. I mean, I thought Jonathan Cooper gave him a lot of trouble with that side scissors move that tons of NFL guys use. I think he could just get eaten up, you know, as a pass protector um, early on, and his hands are not good either. So like. You know, I, I gave him a third round grade um, just because I think some of the traits there are, you know, intriguing. And with his age, you know, somebody, you know, I think with in the right situation, you'd want to develop. But, yeah, I, I don't see uh, like a first round guy, you know, right now. I'm on a I, I gave him the same thing. I gave him a third. And um, I just it seems like for some like I, I respect the hell out of Dane because I think he knows what he's um, well, I respect a lot of guys. But I mean, Dane really knows what he's looking at for offensive line stuff. But I do think there's a lot of people in this business who just kind of just went along with the flow because his name was up there like, Wyatt Davis doesn't have to meet on that first-round tape. When I, I saw these preconceived notions, and when I went and watched these guys, and of course you could watch them previously and have a thought or an opinion, or you know we don't do deep dives on every player all the time. you got to get into the tape. and you know, um, But it's, it's amazing. Trey Smith. You know, his tape just, he's just out of control and off balance so much. He ends up on the ground too much. Wyatt Davis, guys, he falls off of too many blocks. He looks kind of small out on the field. Um, the guys who had all the reputation of being first round type guys, once I got to him, I was disappointed. But then on the flip side, Vera Tucker, I'm like, holy crap, Vera Tucker at tackle is insane. Where did this come from? Yeah. Yeah, Vera Tucker's. He, he was one of my favorite guys to watch. I think I have him with my third highest grade of any offensive lineman in this draft. Uh, so, you know, and he he only has was it twenty starts? You know, thirteen at left guard, seven at left tackle, and so not not as much experience as maybe you would like. Which a lot of this class doesn't have it. But um, I thought he was so polished for for being a guy who you know hasn't played a whole lot. But man, his ability to to, to stay centered in his pass set and play with really good weight distribution. I mean, he's always, you know, playing with a strong base, um, and that allows him to, you know, redirect really well. Um, I like that he's more of a grabber than a puncher, uh, which I, I think that that, you know, translates really well, especially when your placement is as good as his. I think he can really latch into that armpit of defenders quickly to create leverage and anchor down. Um, so, you know, I think he, uh, you know, is a really impressive player and, and in the run game as well, just really good at the second level, takes good angles. He's really efficient. And then he's aggressive and physical on top of that. Um, 
man, I mean, you know, he had trouble with versus Kayvon Thibodeau, but that dude's a freak. And, you know, I, so I think that he could probably play tackle. I have him as guard at a guard, uh, as a guard projection, just cause I think that's the most smooth transition. But if, you know, I wouldn't, you know, bat an eye if a team wanted to start him at tackle, but yeah, he doesn't turn 22 until June. Um, so he's pretty young as well. He, he was a pretty clean cut evaluation for me. He kind of reminds me of Joel Bentonio a little bit. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, this is more of a philosophical question for you guys, and I know it depends from you know player to player, but uh, generally, uh, how many tapes do you feel like it takes you, uh, or snaps even, whatever's easier, um, to get a sense of what an offensive lineman is, tackle, guard, center, whatever? Um, you know, I obviously, I, I, like I said, each player, some some will take longer, some will take uh, two tapes, and you feel like, okay, I know what this guy is. But but generally, uh, you know, how, how many do you think it takes before you get a, a great sense for his skill set? Oh, um, yeah. Some guys, some guys, you see it. The guys who aren't as good, you see it right away. Like you can be like, okay, this guy can't move. He can't bend. Like, you know who can't play right away. But I think one of the things I do, Brandon, and this is what I do for my dad. So my dad is going to be working with. Um, uh, who's he worked with? He's worked with the last two or three years. He's worked with uh, quite a few offense, uh, a decent amount of offensive linemen. But this year he's working with Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, right now, as a matter of fact, Liam Eichenberg and Robert Hainsey. He went out to Arizona to work with these guys. And so what I try to do is I get him to some tape to watch. And what I want him to do, because I know this is what I want to do, is I need to see a speed guy. I need to see a power guy. And then I, I like to get either a longer guy or a, or a shorter or stouter guy. I like to give them different types, uh, different flavors to take a look at. And that, that for me, Dane, is um, obviously you want the best competition. You, it starts with if I get a player and I'm looking at him against the best competition out there who's going to be another pro prospect, that's where it starts. And a lot of times you can tell who the guy is after one. Every once in a while you need to go put him against different types of of players at the position they're going to try to block because it's one thing to be able to handle a guy who's going to come straight up the middle on you with power and strength if you're a guard. It's another when you're dealing with the whirling dervish who's got spin moves and edge to edge and great with their hands. So um, I like to, for me, um, I like to see different types of players that you're going to be facing. So if I can find those kind of caliber players, sometimes that's a good way to get a look. Yeah, I I agree with that for sure. And with college tape for me, you know, I've been able to establish some more connections and get more tape. And thankfully, all the guys I've watched, you know, I've been able to just watch, you know, the coaches tape, which is great. But 
for me, like I can't get too picky, you know? So like, I just, I just try to watch as much as I can, but in an ideal world, if I had all the tape at my disposal, I'd, as far as a number, I always like to get like at least four, you know, but I mean, I'm one of those guys who I want to watch as much of the tape as I possibly can. And that kind of makes me be a little slower in my process, but I just always feel like, man, maybe there's another type of rusher or a situation I didn't see him in. And, you know, sometimes that's not necessary, but I always like to just see as much of it as I can, just because then I, I feel, you know, that much more confident in what I'm writing down. Uh, so that that's kind of how I am, like, with NFL guys. Like, I like to watch everything. Um, but, you know, obviously for guys who like you guys who are evaluating all the players, I mean, you know, that's the luxury you just may not always have. So I totally get it. But yeah, I, th- I think like four or five and then, you know, best competition is huge. That's why I love watching SEC linemen, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, just because it's, you know, you get to see guys, you know, face NFL players all the time. Um, but yeah, it's a lot more tricky watching college guys and pro guys for some of those reasons. Dane, how often do you go back to 19 tape on offensive line? Right now, this year, how often are you going back to 19 tape if you have access to it? Yeah, no, I, I've got all the tapes from 19, and I think that's that that's been a big part of what I've what I've been doing, especially with some of these, obviously with some of these opt outs. But um, you know, it's especially at offensive line, I think it's so important to see the growth. Um, you know, because we know it, that it's at the NFL level, it's uh, you know almost everybody is big and strong and can move. You know, it's all about you know, who's winning with leverage, who's, uh, technically focused. Um, you know, those, those details are what usually what wins in the trenches and, um, you know, watching a guy's development year over year, that's, that, that's so important. Um, and, you know, just to see what they're improving on, um, you know, what's the focal point, uh, trying to talk to coaches, trying to talk to, uh, you know, people that have been close to the program to get a better sense for, uh, you know, what the focus has been uh, in terms of uh, developing that player. So uh, but one of the reasons I, I asked that question was to uh, bring up James Hudson, the Cincinnati tackle, who, you know, is so young at tackle. Uh, he was a defensive lineman as a recruit. He, he played offensive line in high school, but I mean, his focus was defense. That was that was his thing. Um, goes to Michigan, uh, moves to offensive line, but doesn't really play there, transfers to Cincinnati, basically a one-year starter. Uh, that's all we've got on him. Um, he's got like 700 uh, snaps at tackle. So not a huge sample size, but the talent is really, really intriguing. And, you know, he, he flashes that talent and it's, it's, it's enough to keep you on the hook uh, and, you know, to think about what he can be. Um, it, Brandon, what, what did you think of, uh, of Hudson and you know how, how do you handle a player like that where you just you don't have uh, a ton in terms of sample size but you're really really intrigued with the upside yeah so I haven't given him a grade yet but I've watched three games and uh, you know I'm with you uh, that, that Georgia tape I, I wish he would have played the second half he made that stupid mistake at the end of the first half and you know crushed that dude out of bounds got thrown out uh, I really wish we could have saw that whole game, but you know that that tape was impressive. I mean, he he did. I mean, just coming out of his stance, you know, just the explosiveness and the twitch, you know, in his body is impressive. Um, and I think his footwork is pretty nice as well. Uh, and he has a couple different ways to win. Um, you know, he's a big two hand strike guy, but he also has like a snatch trap that I saw. 
Um, so when it clicks and he, you know, he's able to, you know, land that punch, I mean, it looks great. Um, you know, and, and I love his demeanor as well. He obviously is looking to finish guys, uh, you know, quite a bit, especially in the run game, but he's obviously his size, you know, is kind of a concern and his play strength, um, you know, might be a little bit of a concern as well and just may, may need some time. A guy who was playing in the NFL a little while ago, uh, I didn't watch him coming out, but for the Browns, Desmond Harrison, mm-hmm. he kind of, you know, I got a little bit of that feel from Very him. Very much I mean, so. Just, it, That's a great comparison. Without okay, the yeah. off-field baggage. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Hopefully. Man, I, yeah, I remember he had some stuff. I loved watching him with the Browns when he was playing because I knew how you know young in his situation and raw he was. But man, when it clicked, it looked really. Yeah, I nice. thought he and, had more talent, by the way, than um, I thought he was more talented than Hudson. Like I thought Desmond had, he was lighter, but then he gained some weight by the time he came in. But I mean, Hudson's functional anchor is so problematic to me. I just yeah, play man, I really worry about speed to power rushers against him. Right. Yeah. And, you know, just techniques, technique stuff too. I mean, you know, dipping his head, you know, in the run game, I saw that and just not bringing his feet. I mean, you know, that's kind of stuff that he could coached up, I think. And he carries his hands really low in pass protection as well, which, you know, some guys can do and get away with it, but it causes him to be a little late. Sometimes those are some of my notes uh, from the army game, especially. I saw that a lot, you know, he, he, you know, against army, he lost more reps than you'd like to see against the quality of competition he was facing but then again he had also those reps where it looks amazing um so yeah he kind of I think my comp would probably be Desmond Harrison I think he's you know in that similar mold and definitely a guy you want to get in you know to a a veteran offensive line room ideally and let him get coached up for a year and then man you might have something there so I he's he's somebody I'm, I'm definitely intrigued with and uh you know I'll, I'll probably probably give him like a third round grade so i mean we've made it this far talking about offensive line uh without really going in depth on on penny sewell um so let's do that now i do you think that he all the hype that he's received the last uh you know year year and a half you know there's been a lot of you know, uh, talk about uh, generational talent or, you know, franchise left tackle. And, you know, I there, there's there's a lot of, you know, hyperbolic descriptions of him that, you know, can kind of inflate what, uh, you know, the type of player that he is. But I, I do think he's a really, really talented player. Do you think that he's, you know, worthy of, of all that praise as being, you know, a, a no doubt about it top pick in this draft? Um, and then I'm also interested to get your opinion on where he would have ranked with last year's tackles. Uh, this is something that Lance and I have talked about before, and it's it's just a really interesting um, you know comparison when you know you you scout him in a vacuum, just him, uh, and you know it's easy to like him, but then when you stack him against last year's tackles, it's it's really interesting to try and stack those those guys because there's so much talent, obviously. So how do you see Sewell, and then how would you stack him with last year's group? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I, I think with Sewell, just his age and what he was showing, you know, as a teenager on tape, you know, I thought that was really special. And, um, you know, just the physical tools, obviously, and traits, I just don't think they come around very often. And he, he's able to handle himself on an island, I think, pretty well. Uh, I think his balance and power are, are impressive. 
And I, I really liked his hands too. I mean, he was able to really get that inside part of the shoulder pad and, and create leverage on guys with really good grip strength quite a bit, uh, both as a pass protector and run game. Um, you know, I, I think that his aiming points and things in the run game and some of the adjustments against, you know, he's, he's going to need to make against really refined rushers can be polished up. Um, but man, his football intelligence is, I think the trait that really did it for me. Uh, you know, I talked to his offensive line coach quite a bit and we, he, he had me watch certain tapes, certain plays. And I think it was, yeah, it was 2018. Was it 2018 or yeah, 2018 against Stanford. I think he was 17 years old in that game. And there was a there was a rep uh, near the near the red zone where it was basically um, like all a bunch of creepers around him. Nobody was really like lined up in a three point stance, Boom. and they were running an inside zone I know play. Exactly what you're gonna. Yeah, I remember that play. Oh my gosh, he he just makes this seamless transition. IDs the right guy, comes out of his stance. You know, picks up that first creeper. It looked like a linebacker, and then this other guy's scraping over the top, picks him up, drives him 25 yards down the field, and finishes him in the end zone. And it was just like, you know, it was an impressive play. But then when I found out that he had never practiced that run against that look or against that blitz that they ran, that just made it, you know, just so impressive for me. Um, and he he did a few things like that where he just makes these adjustments on the fly uh, that are just they just grab you. You know, it's like, holy crap. And especially considering he's 17 or 18, it's like, you know, I just haven't seen anything like this. Um, you know, you know, again, I haven't watched, you know, as much college guys as you have, but still, you know, it was just so impressive. So, yeah, I mean, I think that if you pair the physical traits with that mental processing, football intelligence, whatever you want to call it, man, I think you have certainly a a special prospect. He's my, you know, number one guy in the draft for sure. He, you know, I gave him a comp that I've seen other people do as well as, is uh, Trent Williams. Um, that was, you know, my comp for him because I think Trent was similar coming out of Oklahoma, you know, just the movement that he was able to execute on the field and his natural power and stuff like that was reminiscent. And, and then Trent Williams eventually developed him into what he was. So, man, I'd love to see him go to somewhere like Philly or Dallas where, you know, he could be around, you know, Lane Johnson, Tyron Smith, guys like this, and just kind of have that mentorship, um, you know, early on being so young. But man, you know, that's probably the only caveat I'd probably have with him. Um, and I think most of his stuff on tape that you want to see get better is is fixable. Yeah, that's the whole key. Is, but the inexperience is a little bit of a question mark. I, I really am interested, you know, there's been some buzz about whether or not he would work out for his workout. I sure hope so. I mean, when you don't play, when you opt out, people are going to expect to see you at your pro day and they're going to expect to see you work out and and I think you want to show that you're a pro and that you're pro ready by your preparation and your ability to treat it like um, a job interview because part of the job interview is the workout and you know the the whole nine yards that go with that. Um, as far as we talked about Landon Dickerson, I think this is an average guard draft when you get outside of I think uh, Rashawn Slater could be a center guard or tackle, um, but. When look and looking at the guards, because I know the guards are not going to take up most of our time. We've already done that with our tackles. But looking at the guards in this year's class, I'm pulling mine up right now. So the guys, I think there is the two guys that intrigue me for different reasons. I really like Aaron Banks' size, and 
he kind of fits the mold of a good big man beats a good little man because he's a I'm not saying he's the most consistent, but I think when it comes to his size, his strength, the technique, playing at Notre Dame certainly helps. I feel comfortable with him as a second-round guard because I think that's where he's going. The guy that's really tough for me, though, is um, Deontay Brown because I'm really worried about the weight. And he's so good in line. He's so strong, limited range. But, man, when you are up in the 360s, uh, that is a big, big concern for me because in the NFL they always tell you, scouts will always tell you, you always ask what will a guy do with more time on his hands and more money. And if you are not really committed – to being the best you can be, your weight can get away from you. And I'm really concerned about that weight with Deontay Brown. The talent, I like the talent. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, showing up to Mobile at 364, 363, whatever he was, that was a concern for sure. I mean, you know, I thought he moved really well at 350. Uh, you know, that power that power play action play that Bama loves to run, that, you know, New England and Indy used to run. Um, where he's pulling around the the edge and picking up the end man on the line of scrimmage, I, you know he he wasn't perfect at it, but you know he he definitely was used on the move quite a bit uh, for being you know 350. It was it was pretty impressive to see him move around. Um, but yeah, I mean in line, you know for sure is where you want him in a gap scheme. You know, kind of reminds me of Gabe Jackson. Um, you know, maybe not quite as good of a puller as Gabe was, but. Um, certainly a guy who can make an impact right away in the run game, I think, and, you know, sets a really firm pocket and pass protection. He needs to be more patient with his hands. You know, he, he can really get over aggressive and whiff on guys sometimes, but I think he has, you know, pretty good feet, especially considering his size and his play strength and competitive toughness are really good. Um, so yeah, the, like you said, I, there's some technique stuff there and just some limitations, you know, in certain schemes, but I really did like him. Um, you know, I gave him like a, a late second, early third type of round grade. Um, but, you know, that weight thing, you know, I didn't think that was going to be a concern because, I mean, I had heard that his weight had been trending down at, at Bama when he was there and he was really, you know, seemingly had it under control. And then to all of a sudden have that in Mobile, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what's going on there, but certainly a concern. And, you know, but I still like him. I mean, I don't know where that round grade compares to you guys, but I, you know, I, I still think in the right situation he could be a good pro. Dane, where do you take a guy like that who has its strength and he's he's big, he's strong, he's a little limited, but could have a weight issue? You think he could go on the third, or you think it's a? I've got a third, fourth right now. In my in my loose projections, a lot of times I'll just I'll I'll cheat it and just go three, four, two, three, whatever. I've got three on the high end, but. It wouldn't surprise me if that weight pushed him into the fourth. Yeah, and I see. I think he could get into the second. Uh, I, I really do because just the way he executes um, and the weight is something that will always be a concern for him. But you know, uh, I think he he carries it well. He he doesn't move as heavy as you think. Uh, you know, when you just start watching him, and it's really impressive to watch. So I you know I I do think that top sixty is possible for him, but you know, he's not going to be for everybody. So I, I it, he's one of those guys that there's going to be a, you know, variance from team to team. Um, but, he, but he is interesting. Uh, you know, for me, center is always one of those toughest positions uh, to evaluate. So I, I'm always putting in extra time every year to talk to people, to, to learn, try to just, you know, get better uh, at evaluating the position. So, 
yeah, I'd love to get your uh, perspective, Brandon. Just when you're evaluating centers, you know, what are specific traits you are looking for? Uh, maybe that are especially independent from guard or tackle. You know, what are the the center uh, specific traits that you find the most important and that translate the best to the NFL? I think play speed is is so important for center, and you can really have a lot of that with how well you see stuff and process things. Um, you know, just you know, I think you know when guys cross your face as a center, how how well are they looking through that guy to the next threat? Are they all you know? How are their eyes? You know, where are they looking? Are they able to see things quickly? Uh, things things unfold, loopers and blitzes, three man games, two man games. Just different types of scenarios like that. I love to see them in, in pass protection because I think keeping those a gaps clean, you know, it, it starts with you know the neck up. I think more than anything, and you know, as long as they have you know a baseline of spatial awareness and they're maintaining levels with their guards and stuff like that, it's really such a mental game. I think with pass protection, um, and you know, quickness is is great to have for center as well because. Establish, establishing a quick leverage on a guy, I think, is really important, um, you know, with both hands as well, because, uh, you know, the snap hand is kind of vulnerable, and some defenders will, will try to attack that. So I think if you can get that snap hand up and into a guy's frame quickly, it, it's it's a kind of a plus. Um, and, you know, some guys, you know, jump out to me in this class that do that well. But, yeah, so I think hands, quickness, mental processing – I think those things are, are really big, um, and you know that that would probably be my my initial thought. I like guys who also um, I'm always looking at the ability to to handle both gaps, and then some of that comes with mental processing. The snap to step quickness is a big deal, but the ability to hit you know when you got a double A gap look and you're waiting to see, and obviously you're sliding in a certain direction when you when the call gets ended up you know, being made, but some guys have the power to redirect, uh, you know, to step quickly, redirect and get some leverage to kind of knock a guy off balance. Another guys, they just, another guy can, like, like I think Creed Humphrey has that pretty good power to be able to redirect guys off of his edge. Um, like I didn't see that from, I just watched Jimmy Morrissey and he's not a, I mean, that's, they're not in the same category, but that's just a center I just happened to watch. And he's just smallish. He doesn't have very good length. And he has a much harder time. It's big man will beat him if they get to his edge. But the ability to handle both a gaps um, gets to the mental. It gets to lateral quickness, and it gets to functional um, strength to protect your edge. And I think that's just such a really big deal for centers when it comes to pass protection and just the ability to kind of prevent leakage, which causes your run game. Uh, blocking scheme to break down. I think it's all very important. So yeah, and I, I I don't know about you guys. I graded Humphrey as my top center uh, in this class. Um, what about you guys? Well, where do you have minors, guard or center? I am a center. Okay. I am I am right behind Humphrey, and I know I think you have him switched. Right? Yeah, I have Let's... it. Yeah, I have it. Um, I actually have I actually have uh, Humphrey second, and I have. Um, kid from Ohio State I've got him third Josh yeah, Myers, Josh Myers yeah. third yeah same here um and, I, and you've looked at Creed right uh Brandon oh yeah yeah I'm a big fan of Creed Humphrey's game yeah for sure he, he kind of reminds me of Max Hunger a little bit but yeah I mean I think he does everything well I you know I mean the play strength I think is definitely there competitive toughness mental processing all those things 
Um, I think his anchor is really good. Uh, he, he does a nice job of rooting his feet in the ground. I think he has really good posterior strength. Um, I think we saw that a lot. I love that he's made every call since his redshirt freshman year. I mean, that's obviously big. And his ability to decipher games and blitzes and stuff, I think, is out, like really high level. Um, so that's probably his best thing, I think. But, you know, quick, accurate, strong, independent striker and pass protection. Um, that wrestling background, I think, certainly shows up on tape the way he's able to, to, to win leverage on guys and, you know, just get them off balance. Um, and, yeah, I mean, really good on back blocks even. And, you know, I, I saw just everything you'd probably want to see from a center. You know, I think his, you know, average athletic ability, maybe not a ton of juice on the move. He's older. Um and, you know, massive defensive lineman, you know, with premier length, I think will be a challenge for him one-on-one, -on -one. but, you know, that, that's, that's fine. I mean, he, I think he's a pretty, pretty clean and cut prospect. I mean, high floor, relatively high ceiling, um, you know, so I'm, I'm very high on him. I gave him like an early round two grade. Uh, and yeah, Myers is interesting for me. Like, I don't know if you guys want to talk about him, but man, I, I mean, his background obviously is interesting. Only has 21 starts, and I think he's you know relatively young. But um, you know, I love his frame and his athletic ability. I, I think is above average, uh, and you know, I I like the command that he's showing pre-snap. You know, adjusting the mic point and making calls, and he's active and alert in pass protection. But I had a problem with his his use of hands. Um, I thought that he was oftentimes inaccurate and late, and he he just let guys get into his frame so easily, and he was slow to establish leverage on guys and didn't really play with a lot of control um, at the point of attack, fell off blocks too much. I mean, that uh, Rutgers tape against that small, tilted nose Julius Turner, I mean, he ate him up, um, that Myers, that is, and that was kind of a concern. Uh, but I know he's, you know, relatively inexperienced, especially in pass protection. So intriguing uh, player, but, you know, I, I don't know. I, I kind of, I'm thinking more like third round maybe for him, you know, somewhere like I, that. I think he'll get drafted second, but my grade is more third because of all the things you just said. He's kind of one of those guys that, that lean, now he's better. He's better than the guy I'm about to mention. But um, the center that had all the hype from Wisconsin last year, um, yeah, I never saw it with him. I don't I don't know what people were looking at with him um, in terms of, like, I want to see some level of leg drive, and I want to see, you know, it's, an, it's kind of the same issue with Nick Martin. I look at I look at Nick Martin with in Notre Dame and then with the Texans, and I look at Myers, and I see the same guy. I see somebody who's not going to give you a ton of, you know, scoop up under you and, and leverage you and push you around, but he's firm, he's solid, but really he looks the part. Like, this is what teams really want their interior offensive lineman to look like he's got guard center um potential but when it came to just manning the position and and being a real plus player I thought there were more pluses with Creed Humphrey I think there's more pluses and I'm going obviously strictly off senior bowl with Quinn Miners and of course Landon Dickerson's the top center for all of us but um I, I also think uh Michael Manette is it Manette or Manet from Penn State Right, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's the latter. Yeah, he's actually a guy that intrigues me as well. Somebody who I think is going to become a starting center in the league too. Yeah, I think he has starting potential. That's how I wrote him up. Um, and Kendrick Green from Illinois, uh, who I graded as a center, but he's got guard center versatility, uh, and I think Ooh, he's for he his own team. Now. 
he he's quick, man. He he some of those reach blocks. Um, I mean, his ability to get into position. Uh, he, he's a fun player. So and this is a it's an interesting center group. Um, you know, with I mean Drake Jackson, I thought he impressed. Uh, at the Senior Bowl, uh, maybe a little bit better than I thought. Um, you know, even the Stanford kid, Dalman, I think he's he's draftable for his own team. So uh, it's an interesting group. Uh, one more player I want to talk to you about, uh, Brandon, before we let you go, and appreciate you being so generous with your time. Um, Dylan Radins, North Dakota State. Um, you know, he's a guy that I don't think Lanson or I were blown away by his, his tape. Um, you know, he, I thought he played a little bit better at the Senior Bowl. But still, I, I struggle with his evaluation because he's not the longest. Um, you know, he's his play strength in pass pros not always what you want to see. How did you see Raidens? Yeah, well, um, it's kind of comforting being with like-minded people on this one. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't very high on him at all. I gave him like a fourth-round grade, I think. I, I mean, you know, he didn't dominate competition in the F- FCS, which is a concern. I mean. At the second level and stuff, you know, he's pushing, you know, these tiny linebackers around the field and he plays with, you know, good demeanor. He's really, you know, the competitive toughness. He's certainly aggressive and consistent with his finishing. But as far as like defensive linemen, I didn't see a lot of like really convincing, you know, power or strength. And I I even saw him get knocked back on his heels at the second level by some of these smaller linebackers and just get stoned um too much i mean like i don't know i just don't see the 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 sand or whatever you want to call it as an anchor the posterior strength i don't really see that um and like not a whole lot of power either i mean he you know i think he identifies things quickly uh you know um and and some of that stuff plays with the right demeanor like i said athletic ability is probably you know above average and his pass set looks pretty good mobility looks pretty good but man, you know, I, I don't know. I just think his strength is a long ways away. And, um, you know, even technique stuff on, you know, like some of those angle blocks wasn't great either. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really see it with him. Honestly, he, I gave him like a comp of, I think Cole Toner. So. Oh, that's high. <laughs> no, I think he's, uh, you know, the, I, I, he does have some, he's one of those guys, like I said, that doesn't, He's a little more narrow from a power standpoint. You see people get to his edges. There's a little bit of panic. I think they'll try him at tackle. I think eventually he's going to move down to guard like a Justin Pugh type. Um, I think eventually he's going to be a guard. And I think he's got some power right in a a straight line right in front of him. Um, He's not a bad athlete. He's an okay athlete. I think he's made for a guard. I think somebody will – I gave him a 6'2". A 6'2 is, uh, you know – a a poten- they'll be a starter. They're going to be a, a potential average starter in the league, somebody who is – it may not happen the first year, will happen the first couple of years, whatever. I think they're going to try him at tackle. I don't – I'm with you guys. I mean, I, we see him all the same. Um, he's another one that I felt like just got heated up. Now, I will say there are some teams that like him better than other teams that I've talked to. So there is – I'm not going to say he's totally polarizing, but I do think – there are going to be enough teams that like him more than we're talking about where he does go in the second round. I feel pretty confident he's in the second. Can I can I ask you guys about a player? Yeah. yeah. I was curious what you guys thought about Royce Newman. I thought he was kind of intriguing. Um, you know, first year at tackle this year after playing guard and mm-hmm. I thought he got better as the year went on and some of his quickness and athletic ability I thought was pretty impressive and I thought he, you know, like I said he got better as the year went on. I I think he's kind of an intriguing guy. I was curious what you guys thought. I gave him a low-end starting grade. Um, I, I, I'm the same with you. I think Royce Newman is um, 
I think he's good enough. I gave him a, what a six point one three. So a six one three is a, a guard a or good tackle. backup. Oh, I've just got him at guard. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. No. It's I, yeah. The initial quickness is there. You see him. Uh, you know, fly out of a stance. He's got a loose lower body. Uh, I thought he was very efficient with how he would set up, and then uh, that really helped him play out in front. You know, stay ahead of that edge speed. Uh, stayed coordinated in his shuffle, tight hands. Uh, you know, I, I thought he did a really nice job connecting his eyes, his feet, and his body movements. So, you know, being able to play on time, on schedule, really, really helped him. So, uh, now he's not not a mauler. Um, he doesn't have that overwhelming play strength or physicality, but I, I, I do think that quickness off the ball, that efficient setup, that that really helps him execute center his blocks. So I, and I, I think he, just the fact that he did play so many different positions, you know, he's, he probably is a guy that has three, maybe even four position versatility uh, in a pinch, even though I, I, I do agree. I graded him at guard as well. Interesting. Yeah, I know he's going to be a 24-year-old rookie, so a little older, but man, I, I don't know. Yeah, he, he's one of those later-round guys maybe that I that I, really stood out can to I, me on tape. I, Dane, I don't know if you've seen this guy yet. I ran into this guy over the weekend. I'm like, wait, what the hell? How have I not seen this guy yet? This is such a nerd talk we're talking about, but I don't care. <laughs> um, do yourself a favor and go watch Stone Forsyth from Florida, Florida. against Aziz Ojolari, and... Stone Forsyth was quite a discovery for me because I didn't, you know, I've watched the games. I didn't really pay attention to him. I hit him and I'm like, holy crap, this guy's starting level pass protection. But then when you see his run stuff, his run stuff is more, you know, backup level. So you have to get through that. But wait until you see Stone Forsyth. It's rare to see a player who's, what is he, Dane? 6'9, 6'8. He's, he's, I, I, yeah, he's probably somewhere between six, seven and a half and six. So eight. he's very tall, like a Gabe Creamy type, but mm. he has rare core power and body control. And he's one of those guys that has firm hands, a very firm house, outside hand. And when he latches in, like he will cinch up and then ride you out with the mirror. Um, he's got some really, really intriguing pass pro stuff. I, I don't hear anyone talking about him, but he for sure has starting level stuff to me. Yeah, he, he is interesting for sure. Um, I know he was on the combine invite list. Um, I, I gave him a draftable grade. It wasn't a high grade. Mm-hmm. It was more of, you know, um, you know, late day three, somewhere five to seven. But yeah, I do think he's draftable. And, you know, I, I, I was pleasantly surprised with him compared to some of these other offensive linemen that I knocked out this weekend, like, you know, like Adrian Ely from Oklahoma. I expected a lot better. Uh, you know, he he really disappointed in what I expected going in. So uh, th- this offensive line group is, there's a lot of guys, a lot of interesting players. Um, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm higher than others on like a guy like Jalen Moore out of Western Michigan. Yeah, I'm um, with you. I like I, Moore. I, yeah. You like William I, I think, Sherman? Like, I don't. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't like a guy like uh, Jalen Moore. I don't think he's going to get into the top 100, but I think somewhere early day three, uh, you know, that's you're getting a, a pretty good player that you can develop. Uh, Deontay Smith from East Carolina uh, is a guy that the, the the tools that he has to work with with that length and that foot quickness. Um, you know, the the tape wasn't always you know perfect and what you want to see, but just I'm, I'm going to bet on those traits every time. Um, you know, somewhere probably third round. I, I think he sneaks into that top 100. Interesting. Did you guys like Jackson Carmen? 
I like them okay. I've got them at guard. I got a 62. Same. So that means I've got them as a, like a um, um, a three. I think he's a future starter at guard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had the same. What about you? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much the same. Um, yeah, I just think. His his hand placement and you know timing and stuff was you know he's throwing haymakers out there. I thought you know he's just a little wild uh, that way. Plays pretty high and I think he could get a little sloppy and lazy with his technique. I think it was the end of the Notre Dame game maybe where he just fell apart and almost I think pretty much lost him in the game. Uh, I'd have to look at my notes in that one, but. Yeah, like, you know, so some of that stuff was concerning, but man, you know, just, you know, the, the the frame and the length and how imposing he can be and some of the athletic ability stuff at his size was was pretty eye-catching. He he kind of reminded me of Eric Flowers a little bit. Um and I I think he should probably play guard like Flowers has mm-hmm. too, but yeah, I he has some stuff to clean up, but I thought he was interesting. Did you grade uh Leatherwood as a as a tackle or a guard, Brandon? I have him as a tackle. Um, I think the way that he comes out of his stance and just the the twitch in his game is is tackle worthy. Um, and yeah, so I, I definitely think he needs to clean up his, his set points. And you know, he he's so explosive out of his stance. Sometimes he gets you know just it oversets guys and you know gets beat inside. Uh, too much. I think that could be, you know, tempered a little bit and, you know, maybe put under a little bit more control. Um, I don't know if he'll be able to do it, but I think he, he has the movement and the range. It's just, uh, you know, technically and where he winds up, you know, is just kind of all over the place sometimes. But uh, as a run blocker, you know, a total stud, I think. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I love his strength and his, his heavy handedness and stuff as well. Um you know, one of the concerning things to me too, like post snap movement, was something that I kept writing down for him. Like gap exchanges and stuff like that, really caught him off guard. Uh, so I don't know really what was going on there. Maybe it was just that game, but that was something that just kind of popped up to me. But um, yeah, I have him with like a mid second round grade. I, I like him though. Um, I just think he has some stuff to clean up. Yeah, definitely. All right. I, we could we could talk for hours on these guys. I really, we could. Uh, but we got to cut it off somewhere. So, uh, Brandon, why don't you tell people uh, where they can read your stuff, where they can get a hold of uh, all of your evaluations? Yeah, so I have a newsletter people can go check out and sign up for free on there. Uh, it's trenchwarfare.substack.com. So I'm, I'm doing a lot of draft work there as well. And then on Bleacher Report, I'm, I'm grading and watching all the offensive linemen in the class. So like my more formal stuff, reports and things like that will be released through there. Uh, you can find them at Brandon Thorne NFL on Twitter. Uh, I think I'm okay speaking for Lance by saying, uh, you know, this is a Brandon Thorne approved podcast. Um, uh, you know, we, we really appreciate his perspective and what he brings uh, to kind of the you know, the evaluation world mm-hmm. from an offensive line perspective, he's really, really good at what he and does. By the so way, you, you, if you're you not, can't know O-line without knowing D-line. Like That's just the way it is. Brandon knows D-line go. too, so it's impossible to know one without having to know the other. Great point. So if you're not following on Twitter, make sure you fix that. Uh, go check out his stuff. Uh, yeah, I think you'll be better for it. Um, and so uh, check out his stuff. Thanks, Brandon. All right, guys. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Brandon. All right, that'll do it for this week's Prospects to Pros. You can find Lance on Twitter, at Lance Zerline. I'm at DP Brugler. As always, please subscribe, rate, comment. We really do appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week.